All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Dropping the Gloves. Nice Friday episode. I was just teasing Tim a little bit. You guys don't need to know that, but I hope everybody's doing well. Tim, you look very nice. How are you doing today in your Brixton hat? Very nice. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's a Friday. It's a crazy. It's already December 15th. Christmas is literally 10 days away. It's wild stuff. So the kids are getting excited. I got a, one more birthday to to plow through on the 24th, and away we go. It's not snowing. It's like 50 degrees here. Whose birthday Very is on the 24th? Ava, my oldest, ah. December 24th. Does yeah. she like that, or is it, like, tough having it? Does it get overshadowed by Christmas? Um, Yeah, and she knows it. Because we were talking about it yesterday, the kids were like, oh, you're so lucky you get presents back to back. And she goes, I think mom and dad just take one from Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And I told her that's exactly what we do. So you don't get extra. Actually, you get this, the same as everybody else. You actually get less because you don't get a birthday. She's fine with it. It's good for her. She needs to be knocked down a peg or two. You know what I mean? She, she's got that oldest child syndrome where she thinks she just kind of rules don't apply to her maybe a little bit. So it's good for her to be humbled a little bit i think i think so but anyways i don't know it's good all right tim what are we doing today should we do the give better ad not an ad it's more as we believe in it so much it doesn't feel like an ad it's a lifestyle it really is why don't you tackle it then today if you if you have those feelings <clears throat> yeah well today's episode is brought to you by give better they're our sports gambling partner that turns your charity your, your losses gambling losses into charity donations uh, the app's coming out soon. John and I have both seen it. It's a more of a swipe feature than like pick him. It's really, really cool. It's going to be launching any day now. They're getting really, really close. Um, and I think it's going to be big. So remember, when you lose, 25% of your total gambling losses are donated to a charity of your choice. And then when you do that, you can write off those donations as a tax deduction. Really, really neat. Go check it out. Givebetter.com. That's it's nice. You know, there's right. no reason to cry. If you lose your bet, there's no reason to get upset and cry like a big baby because 25% of all losses goes to charity. So why would you cry like a big baby, right? Nobody does that, especially if you're in the NHL, right? You're crying like a baby because someone booed you or something like that seems that seems silly, right, Tim? No crying in hockey. 
No, but there is now. It's it's the new generation. It's so it's so manly to show your feelings. It's very it's very what what would you call it? Millenn like it, what's this new age that this is good? He's a millennial, right? Mill Maybe stupid a millennials. I apologize to all our listeners if you cry a lot, but Jordan no, Cairo. You are a millennial. Hmm? I just want to make sure that you know that. I don't think I am. I think I'm a Gen Xer. You're not. We've done this. But okay, keep going. But who makes those numbers up? Just uh, probably a millennial does. Yeah, I don't know. The world government, Illuminati. It's been proven that millennials don't know math. That is not correct. So Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues was crying yesterday in his interview with the press because the fans were booing him. Why were the fans booing him? Because he made a comment about his old coach, Craig Berube. Craig Berube got fired this week, and the reporters, like they do, like they should, they go and asks, ask all of the star players on the team, you know, what, what was your thoughts on the old coach? You know, what, what did you learn from him? What did, this and that and the other. And Jordan Cairo gives this answer. I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Like, just, Tim, if you're a casual fan in St. Louis, or anywhere for that matter, what would you take from that comment from one of the star players in the St. Louis Blues? He doesn't like him. You had the opportunity to praise him, to thank him, to say publicly, like, hey, he did a lot of great things. It was time for a change. Wish him all the best, whatever. Nothing. Nothing. No comment, which in this context means Craig Berube, not a fan. I love, I love when guys just kick a guy when he's down, you know, or don't have the guts to do it when he's still their coach. It's like, oh, he's not my coach. I've got no comment. It's like, just say something nice about the man. He was your coach for four years, five years. He won you a Stanley Cup when you were just coming into the league. Did Cairo get a cup? I don't know. I don't I'll know check. if he did. He won a cup for the franchise, Craig Berube. He came in midway through the season, just completely turned around the franchise in 2008, and they went on that Cinderella run, gets to Stanley Cup, and he's been their coach ever since. He's done an okay job. Obviously, the last few years, the results haven't been there. But do you need to just pour salt on his wounds and make something when there's nothing to be made? Like, just say the standard cookie-cutter answers. I learned a lot from him. I wish it could have turned out differently. I hope he does well, whatever he does. He was a good coach for us in the franchise. That's it. You say that 10-second quote, and you move on. I'm excited for the new coach. It's a new opportunity for us. We have to prove ourselves, and we have to play better. That's it. It's very simple. All players know to turn on the PR answer, turn the brain off, and just get done with it. Because this is not a great situation. The Blues have been struggling, obviously, because they fire the coach. But he just caused more problems. Anyways, Cairo makes those comments. The next game is in St. Louis. They're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. My Blackhawks. I work for them. Did you guys know that on TV? I'm on TV. Kind of a big deal. On NBC. Anyways, we could do a whole show on that. Kairou is the starting lineup. And they announce his name. Booed. Showering. Cascading boos from the crowd. Every time he touches the puck. 
boos, hisses from the hometown crowd, Tim. This guy was a fan favorite last year. Like, he, he's been their all-star game representative. He is arguably the face of the franchise. You got Robert Thomas. You got some big names on the back end. But it's Jordan Cairo. You know, O'Reilly's gone. Peter Angelo's gone. All the guys who you know from the cup are, are gone for the most part. This is Cairo's team. I think he's the highest paid player on the team, if I'm not wrong. If not, he's up there. But he should be getting just cheers every time he touches the ice. He gets booed relentlessly the whole game. Obviously, since they're playing Chicago, they win the game. It's it's just, it's a given. After the game, or as it might have been the next morning, the press pool, they go right to Jordan Cairo, obviously. Jordan, what did you, what did you think about the response today during the game? And you could tell he holds it together, and he, he's trying to be composed. He's like, yeah, it's tough. You know, what does he say, Tim? What, 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 was, uh, what was his response when the press pool asked him that? Well, he started crying immediately, or at least his voice. No, started- no, it, it, it was near the end where he started to cry, but you can tell he was, it affected him. It is, yeah, his drill gets tight. He starts choking up and he sees, he's asking about, he's asked about the, the booze and he says, I see where they're coming from with how my comments sounded, talking about the fans. Starts getting emotional. It's just tough, right? I love playing here, so it's just tough to hear the fans booing me there. It was his own building. And like you said, if he had just said anything else, it's a non-story. You don't even have to praise or thank the guy to say, hey, wish him all the best. We're focused on the new system. You know, we'll see what happens next. No one one tweets about it. No one remarks about it. Nobody boos you. So the whole thing, he's probably a little bit soft for crying. I'm sure you have some thoughts on that. But the whole thing, I feel like, is, is kind of a good thing. Right. Like you fired the first shot, Kairou. Like you fired the first shot. The fans gave it back to you because they're passionate about it. And even though firing him was probably the right move, he's still their guy. He's still the guy that came in and won them the cup. He's loved in that city. And basically, the first chance you get asked about it, you, you kind of give him a kick in the door on the way out. So, of course, they're going to boo you. But the whole thing is like, they're not going to boo you the next game. You know what I mean? Like you're not a villain here. They're just letting you know they didn't like your comments. So I, I feel like the whole thing is it's okay. I don't want to blow it out of proportion. Oh, I do. do. Let's let's blow it right up. That's what we do. He's a young kid, you know, and this is what young kids do. He's 25 years old. He's probably gone his whole life without anybody booing him. You would think, right? He's had a very good career. He grew up. He was a f- second-round draft pick. He was the one that made it, you know, the second rounder who came in, scored 30, 40 goals in the NHL. He was went to Team Canada under 20s. He was on the All-Star game and when he was in the OHL with the Sarnia Sting. Like, he's had a successful career. He comes into the NHL. Like, his first full year, he gets 14 goals. That's good. Then it goes 27, 37 last year. His trajectory is up. And then all of a sudden, the fans are booing him. He can't handle it. Can't handle it. I, I think it's soft. I think it's just... the Toughen up, man. And is do you do you think he really feels bad for saying what he said? I don't think he, even what he said was that bad. I think it's fine to say what he said, but you gotta like like take what the fans give. Like the, the fans love Craig Baruby. He was a perfect St. Louis coach. He was a hard nosed, tough guy. Brought the team to a Stanley Cup after they were struggling to start this. Everybody knows him. Like he's a very likable guy off the ice. Like, just suck it up. Like, just crying? I'm not mad. I don't want to come off as, like, this hard-ass guy. 
But it's like, what are we doing here? Like, you're you crying? Come on, man. Like, just crying. In, and in a scrum, it wasn't even a hard question. It's just tough, right? <laughs> it's just tough. You know, it's just, man, it's just tough. I just, just love playing here so damn much. Well, I hope you do, because you signed an eight-year contract last year. Like, you're, you're in it, man. You're here. And they're booing you. It's just, it's just tough to hear the fans booing me out there. Why? Who cares? <laughs> It's just tough. I don't like it. It hurts my feelings. He's having a tough year, too. Uh, the, the fans crying because you're not doing that well. You got five goals this year. I'd be crying, too. Five goals in 30 games. Let me. So that's my question now, because I feel like the fans, everyone kind of recognizes it was probably the right move, given the skid they've had. They had lost four in a row, seven of the last ten. We talked about that last last episode. But if, if, if the team's in the same place, but Cairo's having a better season, right? If he makes those comments, but instead he's got, instead of five goals and 13 assists, he's got 10 goals and 20 assists, does he still get booed? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if he's producing, I don't know. Like, if, if does Kaprizov get booed if he's been producing and, and he makes a comment about Everson getting fired? You know what I mean? Like, if, if McDavid hadn't been, hadn't been struggling and he makes a comment like that, I don't know that they're going to boo a guy who's playing their ass off and delivering results every night for, for making a kind of an underhanded comment like that if you're producing. But if you're all, if you're underplaying and then you go and make a comment like that, I feel like it just doubles it up. No, uh, Everson didn't win anything. I think the Stanley Cup plays a huge part in this. Yeah, yeah, fair. If they don't win that Stanley Cup, Baruby's fired last year. I think that, that bought him another year. Kyrie's just being a baby. <laughs> Damn, this, is, this question's too hard. I don't know if I can answer this. I don't like when you yell at me. It's like, toughen <laughs> up, man. What's going on? Like, how is this happening? Uh, so let's kind of put that in the greater context. Because the Blues won last night, their first win under the new head coach. And because Chicago. of that... Chicago. Yeah, but win's a win. And because of that, they stayed in the second wild card spot. Um, Arizona and Edmonton are right behind them. Edmonton lost last night, finally, after winning seven or eight in a row. But the Blues still have that spot. So I'm hoping, well, they're hoping they can feed, fend off those guys. I don't think they do. I don't think there's any way they could. I think Edmonton is clearly going to pass them. Um, but it's a tight race over there for the for the Blues over in the West Coast, in the Western Conference, it, I mean. Is there a question someone could ask you that would bring you to tears right now? A question about your work about your work no uh hey everybody no. listening think about that if your boss came in your office or wherever you work and said i'm really disappointed with how you're working say kick rocks man i'm doing my best like whatever who cares not only that but a question <laughs> not a comment it's like my goodness like grow with you grow with skin like when i was in preschool I would cry if I had to go to the principal's office, even if it was for something good. I didn't like talking to adults. I didn't like that dynamic of talking to every, an adult. Every week? How often were you being sent over? Quite a bit. Yeah. I was in there quite a bit. I um, I just I just would start to cry. And that carried over to hockey. If I had to go see the coach, even if it was something like good, I would start to cry. I didn't like that dynamic. That's when I was like eight or nine. I grew out of it. Jordan Kyrie is a 25-year-old man who makes $8.5 million. He's crying because the fans are booing. And I'm sure, like... <sighs> is he married? Talk about red flag. You know what I mean? They're going to go to a restaurant. 
my my steak's a little bit undercooked. I don't want to send it back. I don't want to make the chefs upset at me. Jordan, just send your steak back. It's bleeding. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> okay, but... I'll just eat it. I'll eat it. I'm sorry. Okay, but... Is it Jordan? I can, it's moving still. <laughs> He's like chewing. Oh, what a what a, um, what a funny what a funny story. But isn't it isn't playing emotionally a good thing? And when you are an emotional person and you're an emotional player, things can set off negatively to set off your emotions just as much as positively can. I like Brad Marchand has cried publicly a few times, and there's all the memes. Obviously, losing to the Blues in 2019, he was crying on his bench. Um, he was crying again a couple of years later. I think I think he was probably crying last year when they got beat by the Panthers. And he's also had like he had a hat trick last week or two weeks ago, and he's kind of tearing up after his players. There was a death in his family. He had been in a slump. Like he's just he plays emotionally, and it goes both ways. Isn't that a good thing? Like yeah, Kairou kind of looks like a dummy here for crying after being asked a question. But if you're playing on the edge emotionally. That can go either direction. Isn't that isn't that a good thing from a player? Don't you want that passion and energy? Yeah. No, I agree. Do you think he's gonna tra- this is gonna translate into him playing better on the ice? No. 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 Be, he'll finish with like fifty eight, sixty two points or whatever, and the blues will miss the playoffs. No, he won't. No, he won't. He's got eighteen points right now in thirty games, twenty nine games. How many That's- is he gonna get? Is it over 50 or under? That's that's for an average of 50. A little more than 50. It's like 54 or something. And that's him underperforming. Does he get over 50 or under 50? Let's do it right here so everybody can listen. Over 50. Going under. Then when he gets 49, (gasps) I try my best. I did my best. (sighs) What a joke. Like, uh, it's different. Marshawn is sad because he's losing. It was a big moment. The season's over. All his buddies, everybody's crying. It's a very emotional time. Somebody died in his family. Very emotional thing. Like that's 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 different, Tim. Different. This guy is crying because a couple fans booed him. Completely different. Completely, completely different. Anyways, moving on. What else are we talking about? Yeah, I was checking on the standings because I was looking through this morning. There have been a few surprises that I maybe just snuck by my radar. The first are the Islanders. They've won four in a row now, even though they're still not getting the play they want from their goaltenders. They've strung together a few wins in a row. They've won seven of their last ten. They're now second in the Metro. They've passed the Canes. They've passed the Lightning. Like they, They're doing pretty well right now, and that surprised me because they they're not producing like the, they should be. The Lightning aren't in the Metro. Uh, the, yeah, you're right. You're right. But they did pass the Canes um, and, the, yeah. and the Capitals. Sorry, the you know, capitals. if we're going to do this, <laughs> the, capitals, the Capitals. Details matter to, to coin Jack Reacher, which just, just came out again on Amazon Prime. Why you called me out in front of all of our <laughs> listeners? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're doing a great job. But um, anyway, well, go ahead. So the Islanders are on fire. Islanders are doing great. And so is uh, Philadelphia. The third in the Metro, right behind the Islanders. They're 5 0 2 in their last seven. Four of those seven games have gone to overtime. So they're really, you know, handling the pucks most when it matters most. Tortorella, do you feel like he's, is he the front runner right now for the Jack Adams trophy? Like, who you else is think so? Him, right? Yeah, you would have to think he's the front runner just from what he has done to his team. I would say the Islanders are expected to win. They have a decent roster. They, they went out, they re upped their goaltender, they have a good roster. The Philly, they they dismantled that team. 
You know, they, they had no business winning this year. They were a team in transition. They were rebuilding for next year. They didn't go out and get anybody sexy at the trade deadline. It's not like they made trades at the draft. They were retooling for two, three years down the road. Now here we are. We're in third place. They're playing great hockey. I called this, by the way, to start the season. I said, the Philadelphia Flyers will be better than you think. Go back and listen to our prediction episode. Go. I didn't think they would be in this position. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think they'd be in a playoff hunt. But I, I knew they wouldn't be that bad. There's not a team on earth that John Tortorella could not get to compete. That guy's got he's got some motivational powers that I don't know any other team has. But let's, let's just circle back with the Islanders. Because I, I want to just dig in. Because they are beating some very good teams, Tim. It's not like they're just skating by and just playing Arizona and Chicago and San Jose all the time. They're beating the LA Kings. They're beating the Florida Panthers. They're beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, for Pete's sake. Like These are Stanley Cup caliber teams that they're going in and beating. And they're all close games. Don't get me wrong. So they're blowing teams out. I think out of their seven wins, I want to say five or six of them are one-goal games. But they're winning the games. They're not losing. So good for them. Getting some good offensive output. Their defense isn't terrific. They're still averaging. I think they give up three or four goals a game, Tim. So like their calling card used to be defense, used to be hard-nosed play. Now they're a pretty good offensive team. They move the puck around. They're playing good hockey. Sororkin's not having his best numbers, numbers-wise, but they're getting wins. So can they sustain this? So that's the question. Tampa Bay, we'll get to them in a second, struggling. Carolina, struggling mightily this year. A lot more than everybody thought. I, th- I think we can take them out of the Stanley Cup contender bracket. To start the season, they were right in there. There was five or six teams in the NHL who were like, okay, we can pencil them in to be there at the end. I think we can take them out of that group, especially in the Eastern Conference, Tim. They're, they're, no, they're nowhere near the Rangers. They're nowhere near the Bruins. Gosh, I don't even want to put the Leafs in there. I think it's just the Rangers and Bruins right now in the Eastern Conference that have really set themselves apart to be in that elite group of like, okay, this team will be there at the end. The Golden Knights are going to be there. The Avalanche, unfortunately, are going to be there. I said they were going to drop off, but... Man, Carolina Hurricanes, can we your your home state team, Tim? Can we can we say they're now on the bubble of making the playoffs? Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, they've they've slipped out. Like they they're if the playoffs start today, they're not in it. So they are definitely they've definitely slipped out. Um, well, I don't want to correct you again. They would be in it if it started today. So details matter to coin Jack Reacher. Season two started today, December fifteenth. So they would that, be in it. Okay. Jack uh, Reacher, right. by the way, love the character. Love it. Is that I've seen the clips from that. Yeah. Oh, it's such he's such a such a man. You know what I mean? That's how and you he see yourself. He doesn't you ask questions. Like, yeah. Oh, Me man. and Jack. We would be friends if he was a real live person. So cool. So just real, one more thing on the Islanders, real quick. Noah Dobson is a name that we have not talked about the entire season. We should 20, 29 points plus 15 in 28 games. Um, I don't know where that came from. Like he's, uh, you know, we, we kind of think of uh, some of the other defensemen they've had as being the ones like, like uh, Pelich and Pollock and all those guys. Noah Dobson had 49 points last year. Pretty good. Pretty good. He's going to probably surpass 60 this year, if not more. So really, really cool to see from him, from a guy that's only, how old is he? 23 years old. And what makes this more remarkable is usually when you see a guy who's plus 15, 
his D partners plus 12, you know, the centermen's plus 11, the left winger, right wing. There's a, like the Bruins last year. Everybody was plus a gazillion. This guy is almost 10 goals for ahead of the next guy. He's plus 15. The next closest is Romanov at plus seven. Romanov. Like, there's a huge gap between him and the next guy, which makes it even more remarkable that he's doing this because he's the only one, Tim. So that he must be the reason why they're scoring more points when he's on the ice. He's good to go, good defenseman. They got it. But, Tim. Am I, am I going to regret saying this? They got a good team. They do. They do. They do. Barzal, I've always been a fan of him. Let's switch a little bit, though, to the Lightning. Big win last night that I mentioned. Damco's had four goals, first time in a long time for him. Um, but despite that over big the, win, they've actually, the Oilers, red hot Oilers. Yeah, they've slipped out of a playoff spot though. Tampa, four and six in their last ten. They have a losing record on the road on the road this season. Are they are they getting to the point where you're worried about them making the playoffs? Do you feel like they'll still be fine? Tim, I said this. Don't you remember? But a month ago, I said if Vasilevsky doesn't come back soon and start playing like the guy that we remember him to be, they will be in trouble. Then he came back. And he was struggling. And I said, they're in big trouble. They are in big trouble. And I will double and triple down on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have played more games than anybody else in their division. 31. Some teams have only played 26, 27 for Pete's sake. Right behind him in the standings. These guys are in trouble with a capital T. They need to get their act together and they need to start winning. There is a very good possibility that they don't make the playoffs. But I'll tell you what will happen. An early prediction here. Toronto wins the division in the Atlantic. They come second place in the Eastern Conference to the New York Rangers. Tampa Bay is the first wildcard team. Toronto will have to play Tampa Bay in the opening round of the playoffs because Tampa will be the wildcard team. Toronto will win the division. Bank it. And it'll be so sweet. It'll be again Toronto-Tampa Bay, first round. And who would you bet on that one? Tampa, obviously. Always for forever. Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Even though they beat them uh, last year, I just, just have to. Who has I saw an candy? interesting stat. Sorry, Tim. To, I'm cutting you off a lot today. This is like the fifth time. Sorry. Toronto, I saw, because Toronto just played the Islanders, and the Islanders are petty, petty fans. They booed oh, Tavares yeah. every time he touches the puck. He scored his 1,000th point, booing him. Did he cry? No. He's a man. He sucked it up. He's like the... And there was 20,000 fans booing him, not a spattering. <laughs> I saw an interesting little thing. It says the Islanders have won seven playoff series since Tavares has been traded. Toronto's only won one. Just funny. You trade your best player, your captain, the face of the franchise. You think you're going to go down in the dumps. Go to the two Eastern Conference finals. What have you done for me lately, Johnny Tavares? I also saw his consistency, John Tavares. Exact same stats from the Islanders to Toronto. Goals per game, assists per game, shots per game, everything per game. Exact to the first decimal point. It's amazing. The guy's consistent. He's like at 0.46 goals per game, like 0.52 assists. I don't know what the exact numbers were, but they were identical to him. It's pretty remarkable because he's played a Better. lot of games for both franchises. Pretty cool. Can't win in the playoffs, though. What do you think made the who would you bet on to make the playoffs if only one of them did, Tampa or the Islanders? <sighs> That's a tough one. Because Tampa's only two points behind them. But they have three games in hand. Probably t- probably Tampa. 
right? You have to. You have you have to go with the team that's been there before. It would be a very yeah. big upset if Tampa didn't make the playoffs. It really would. I don't care where they are in the standings or who's producing or whatever. I Tampa still has a threat to. They're still on my list of cup contenders, even if they're in a wild card. They, I just feel like they can beat anybody. They've been there, so. And I feel like probably losing some games and missing, not going on a run last year is actually going to help them to to re, regroup after two long, three long cup runs in a row. So. I agree. And you know, uh, Breezeball is going to do something at the deadline. Like he's going to grab a first line guy to pair up with Point and Kucherov. Right, right now, I think they have Bear Boulet playing on the first line. Stamkos is on the third. They're trying to figure out their roster. So he, he'll pull something out of that hat of his. You know, he always does. Stammer's not signed for next year. That'll be an interesting thing, too. What do you do with him at the deadline? No, Gas him? No. Trade him? If you're on the They'll bubble. Sign him. They'll sign him. No, they won't. I don't think they will. I don't think, I think they, will. they will. Well, okay, let's just switch to the West real quick before we move on. I don't on. think they will. <laughs> We've already talked about the Blues. <laughs> um, the other team I want to touch on, so Kyle Connor for the Jets is going to be out six to eight weeks, which all things Ooh, considered... Strom. But... But it could have been worse. That could have been a season-ending thing. So the fact that he'll be back later in the, after the holidays and into the playoffs is a good sign. The Jets passed the Stars for second in the Central. Connor Hellebuck is back on. He's back on his game. He has nine straight games where he allowed two or fewer goals, which is just a level of consistency. That's what you want from your team. As you as you always say, stop the, the shots you're supposed to save. He's doing that. He's giving his team a chance to win every single night. So the Jets are. They're not so sneaky, like a, a really good team that I feel like we are still not giving a lot of credit or respect to. Why? Why aren't we giving them enough respect? Why aren't we? Yeah. What? Well, what should we do different to show these guys some respect? Well, I think we they're doing great. We don't talk about them that much. If I asked you off the cuff before I just read that stat about Hellebuck and the team, who the cup contenders are in the West, you'd probably say Vegas, Colorado, Dallas. Maybe that's it. Maybe Edmonton. I wouldn't have said. I don't think I would have said Colorado. Just to spite you. But um, you're right. Bigger. I still don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders. I think that's that's a stretch to consider them in the same category as the Vegas Golden Knights. I think the Knights are a better team. But yeah, Winnipeg's having a good season, and it's mostly because of Connor Hellebuck and and Connor. They have a good team too. Friend of the show, Josh Morrissey. I I like what they've done. But yeah, Connor Hellebuck. What what are you smiling at? No, just uh, I'm surprised that some of the players you remember came on our show because he was one of the forgettable ones as well. Even though, if you're listening, one of the Josh, most lowest lowest reviewed interviews we've had. If you're listening, Josh, you were great. Come back on anytime. But uh, he's not listening. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't listen to podcasts. No, no but yeah. Talk focused. about the resurrection of two two teams. Not resurrection, but Vancouver and Winnipeg. Yeah, both hands down. Turned around their season this year compared to last year because of Thatcher Demko and Connor Hellebuck. Demko's playing lights out back to his all-star self and Connor Hellebuck. I don't want to say he had a down season last year because the whole team did. He's lighting it up this year too. Vesna, Vesna Canada. Same with Thatcher Demko. If these teams don't have those goaltenders, they're not anywhere near where they are right now. So it's good to see. I like it's it's nice when those teams are doing well. I don't know. That's just me. I, I'm like a glass half full guy. I think you are too. So good for the Jets, bad for <laughs> bad for the Blues, <laughs> but good for the Jets. All right. Overall, though, it, 
the East is still more competitive, right? And it the is, West, yeah. I think, is the West starting to figure itself out, or are we in for a little race coming to the end? I know it's early; it's only thirty games in, but you can kind of see how everything's starting to shake out right now. You can, yeah, and and you know, I don't know what the data says, but most of the teams that are in the playoffs right now are going to end up making the playoffs. There's going to be hundred percent chance. Yeah, um, but you look at like the teams in the wild card race in the West. It's Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, and Edmonton, I would say, um, are the four teams right there. And really, of that group, the only one you'd be threatened by is Edmonton, right? Don't you feel like any of the six teams in a playoff spot feel like they could take the Preds, Blues, or Coyotes relatively easily? Yeah. Like, if you're Dallas, don't, if you're don't, Colorado, I know. Don't forget I know. about the the Wild. I'm telling you right now. They have a bunch of games in hand, and they're playing good. They're 6-2-2 two, and two their last 10. Since the coaching changed him, They've been okay. They've been playing better okay. hockey, more inspired hockey. The the goaltender, how's he been doing the last 10? I think they've had six games since the coaching change. What's going on in Minnesota there? Yeah, Gustafson is playing very, 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 very well. There's that was six a lot of varies. Well, I mean it. Six and two under John Hines, the new head coach. Gustafson's five and one in his past six starts. 1.33 goals against, 951 save percentage. Those are 2012 Jonathan Quick numbers. So like, this is really, really good. Um, and just going back to the East over the wild card spot, like if you look at the teams contending there, it's the Wings, Hurricanes, Tampa, Capitals, and I would even throw the Devils in one point behind them. Those teams are like, n- there's no easy matchups there. Like maybe Red Wings and Capitals, but they're still going to give you probably a tougher seven games than Nashville or Arizona do. You know what I mean? So, and then you hope you don't get Carolina, Tampa, or, or New Jersey. And one of those teams is going to be in a wild card spot uh, come April. So this is, I think it's just a tougher, tougher group over there. You're just always so down on the West. I don't understand you. It hurts my feelings. I used to play in the West. All right, I want to go back to the Wild. I know you got got out of there quickly. Well, Gustafson is their starter. Yeah. He's their guy. We've seen it. The new coach likes him. Do we see a trade for Marc-Andre Fleury? Sending him to a contender that could need some goaltender help. There are some teams, particularly Carolina. They've been kicking the tires on a lot of guys. I know John Gibson's been in the mix. Toronto Maple Leafs, not happy. Joseph Wall down. Samsonov just got shelled last night by the Edmonton Oilers, so there's no confidence there from the Toronto Maple Leafs brass. Could you potentially see a Marc-Andre Fleury trade in the in the future for the Minnesota Wild? It kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does, but I don't know that any teams want him playing playoff games for them. You know what I mean? Like He's a good insurance policy. Do you want him as a starter in net? Oh, yeah. Why not? Why? If he's I have five years old, he's not forty-five. Oh, would you do you put him in the same books as like a Mike Smith? Then no way. I feel like he has some tread on the tires. If I'm a team that has a question mark in net right now, I'm taking a Mark Andre Fleury over a Samson off or a Wall. I'm taking a Mark Andre Fleury or whoever they got in Carolina. Freddie Anderson's been hurt. They have Ranta. I, like. Flurry gives me that stability that I want in net. And he can steal a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, but I don't for whatever you I mean, would you have to give up a lot to get him? And what's his cap no. pick kind of Well, the Wild would eat a bunch of cap. Maybe you get a second rounder and throw it the Wild's way. I think that makes perfect sense for a team that's contending. Because the Wild are going to be selling everybody. They're not in con- cup contention mode. They're in let's be competitive until we get back in the salary cap conversation. So they they trade him. Get a second round pick? Heck yeah. 
Can you, this might be a stupid question. Can you trade dead cat? Like mm. those no, LTIR, like those Chris Pronger type contracts are different from the buyouts, obviously, but like Arizona yeah. was taking everybody. Can you trade that contract or is that? I don't know. I don't think you can trade the money. Like you, I, I'm retaining 3 million of this guy's salary on the trade. I don't think you can. Yeah. That'd be good. I, I'm not hundred percent on that. It's a very good question, Tim. All right, let's get to some quick hits, please. Well, where are we going in a couple of weeks, John? If people want to hear where they can meet us and take a photo, maybe watch a live recording. What's going on? Uh, the GLI in Grand Rapids. Great Lakes Invitation. We'll be at the Van Andel Arena, second year in a row. Very exciting. My Michigan Tech Huskies host this tournament every year. Competition this year, always Michigan State. Those bastards from Michigan State. We're going to have Ferris State and Alaska Fairbanks are making the trip south to play us in the GLI. It'll be fun. We'll be there December 28th and 29th. Check it out. We'll be doing a live uh, taping probably on the 28th, Tim. And I'll be there the 29th for that game with the family. So come and see me and all my kids. And Tim will be there too, single and ready to mingle. So check us out. Come and say hi. We had a couple beers last year with some uh, listeners. It was a great time. We'll be doing it again. Huskies hopefully have a better performance last year. They got just shellacked 8-2 to two in the first game by Western. It was not even close. Yeah, we'll be there. All right, let's get some quick hits, Tim. I got to go pick my kid up here in like 10 minutes. Brought to you by DoorDash. Promo code NATION25 for 25% off your first order and free delivery. Um, I mentioned Kyle Connor already. I would say Jeff Skinner also went to the IR with that hit from Nathan McKinnon. Did you see this one? Oh, oh he's got bodied. Um, just put his head down and McKinnon ran right through him. So he's on the on the IR. Just upper body injury. Doesn't have any, any, any details there. Sorry. Uh, another interesting little headline that's probably not going to go anywhere, but I thought it's worth pointing out. The Wild GM, Bill Guerin, was investigated by the team for alleged verbal abuse. So this is an HR complaint by an employee in the organization, not a player, who alleged verbal abuse in the workplace. Five team and league sources confirmed to The Athletic. The Wild management looked into it, did a little investigation, determined that whatever it was that he said was not a fireable offense. This thing will probably go away, but... Still worth noting out that, you know, for players and teams and owners and or, or GMs, whatever, that are getting fired over this kind of thing now, he was uh, investigated. So. Well, it was Jordan Cairo who submitted the the violation. Yeah, Maybe. Billy Garen was booing him. Ooh. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> well, last thing here. I don't know if this guy was crying, but friend of the show, Ryan. Sorry Reeves, to cut you off. <laughs> does this not, not make you yet. does this not make you angry hearing this billy garen thing it's like tss. like i just no? what did he say like just you're filing a complaint because the gm probably yelled at you because he was upset it's like give me a break what kind of society do we live in you have no idea what he said he could have said something like pretty bad if it was then... bad he would have been fired because it's so sensitive the the times we live in yeah he probably said something like you stink like garbage go take a shower <laughs> um, last one. Ryan Reeves was injured last night, and this is tough because he collided into the board. Looks like he caught a rut somewhere, and he's, he went standing up into the boards, and probably his knee got twisted or something. And don't they always say it's the one that, the non-impact injuries are kind of the scariest? You right? should know you more than know that it. than anybody. Um, yeah, I got bodied and buried, so it wasn't a non-impact. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not cry. Yes, did you did. Cry. I didn't. Not I mean, in your room by yourself afterwards, you did. Uh, you mean after the hospital stay, three days later? Um, I went to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a shock. 
But yeah, tough, tough looking injury there. And then he did a little video clip of him like sliding down the stairs. He said there's a couple steps down. They have to go when they leave the. Toronto's got the, a weird setup. They have locker rooms up high, and then you walk down these steps, and you're walking by. Um, it's like a VIP lounge. So the fans are in there. So the fans probably saw him fall down the stairs. A- Arizona has that. A lot of teams have that. Yeah. So I don't know, but he's going to be out for a while, quote unquote, from uh, Sheldon Keith there, which is too bad. Although we're going to skate. Maybe the team. That did cross my mind, that conversation where you said, like, when you turn, you start to wobble. And then he turns and just crashes. Did you the see board. him? He wobbled right into the boards. Who's faster now, oh. Revo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That could oh, honestly yeah. be the end of his tenure in Toronto. Therefore, his career, you know. Yeah, if if he if he's out for a prolonged period of time, say a few months, and Toronto takes off, not a chance he sees the ice again. Well, then then it brings us back to like next year and whatever. Does he just just take? He'll just the money be in Toronto. And... They'll eat the money. It'll be like a couple hundred thousand dollars they have to eat, and he'll just live in the Marley's system for two years. But hopefully, yeah. he heals up. He's a fast healer. But anyways, I gotta go. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 